just growing and finding their true life passion and purpose. Hi, Sue Ann. Hi, Jody. Thank you for that intro. Oh, sure. <laughs> you are uh, uh, one of the really special people out there. You know, a, a former teacher, I understand, and, and now you've gone on to build this, uh, this phenomenal business, and you're just really touching a lot of people's lives everywhere. Why don't you tell us about that? Um, well, I started out as a teacher of small children and did that for 30 years, um, but Oh, probably about three years before I was getting ready to, you know, retire, which in my definition is very different from most people who are looking at golf and vacations. Um, I'm looking at reinventing myself. Um, so I had a, uh, a health crisis that just pushed me into another whole passionate pursuit, and that was um, the area of healing with food. Mm. So... Um, yeah, I ended up um, getting a diagnosis for osteoporosis and oh uh, shortly thereafter Hashimoto's thyroid disorder. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office thinking, who is Hashimoto and yeah, what exactly. is he doing in my body? <laughs> I was just, you know, I didn't have my little iPhone there to Google it. And I was quite, um, quite just dumbfounded by, you know, someone who had spent an entire life exercising, eating well, teaching aerobics, you know, mm. that all of a sudden the body was crumbling. Um, so I started my own intense study, and that basically led me into a whole new world, um, and then it became a whole new practice. And so now I am a practicing holistic health counselor and culinary nutritionist because I decided if I was going to coach people, they were going to have to love what they ate, right? You know, isn't that... So that's a little bit. Isn't that so amazing? You know, so many people... I, I've met a lot of people that um, have retired recently because I guess Myrtle Beach, it, it certainly attracts a lot of those folks. And, uh, you know, that's what you find. It's like, oh, I can't wait to do everything I've always dreamed of. And then they, they are confronted with this terrible um, health-type crisis. And, and I love how you've just taken hold of something that's so, so common, you know, especially for women, especially the, the osteoporosis. I don't know about the thyroid thing, but I know a lot of us um, have heard about that. And then you turned it into something that, that just uh, empowered you in so many ways. Well, you know, Jody, most, most women and really most people just go into a doctor's office and walk out with a prescription. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not that those prescriptions are bad, well, in some cases they are, but we have this trust in the system that that's what we need, and mm -hmm. we very rarely go deeper to find out, well, is there another choice? And, you know, I had two fabulous doctors, but they wouldn't really support my decision to, you know, to hold off and wait and see is that necessary? You know, all I could think about was, you know, those little pill boxes, the Monday, mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, my gosh, a but nightmare. <laughs> I mean, that's what our parents have, right? Or at least my parents on their kitchen table, all their little pill boxes. And I didn't even take Advil at the time. So I just wasn't ready to take not one but two medications that, would, that I'd have to take for a lifetime. And particularly for the osteoporosis, those medications at that time, and we're talking maybe five or six years ago, I mm -hmm. think since that time, one of the medications is really under scrutiny right now, and there are all kinds of lawsuits around it. But oh when gosh. I researched those, you had to, like, stand upright for 30 minutes, you know, be, well, after taking this medication, or even in one case, an hour. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, what Gosh. would have me have to stand? You know, why couldn't I sit? Or what if I was going to a yoga class? And, excuse okay, me, enough I can't of this sitting in retirement stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> retirement is supposed to be about playing, and we're not. And women, we can't stand still for gosh sakes. <laughs> so you know, it was scary. And what I really discovered in this whole healing journey is that sometimes, if we just wait. You know, those scores shift. The scores are not this, you know, stagnant. It, it, they shift. And so for me, those scores shifted with no, a lower stress in my life and taking mm. care of my body in a different way. Wow. And now they're lower than they've ever been, and I haven't had to take the drugs yet. You know, and that's six years. So, well, you know what, I, I love how you actually described yourself earlier, uh, you know, certainly in, in the intro and then on your website, uh, you, you'd actually call yourself a, a life coach, a culinary nutritionist, and, and a scientist. And that's kind of, you know, what you became when you were confronted with your own crisis. Yeah, and I always tell people, if you have a health issue, 
find a holistic health counselor who shares it. Because yeah. no one will have researched it as deeply or as seriously as someone who's lived it. You know, I think that that is so important to, to find uh, that, that expert. And, and also, you know, if you could find it among girlfriends, uh, you know, who, who are maybe sharing this and, and didn't know that there was an, an ability to sort of seek information and, and help themselves and that sort of thing. And, and uh, I guess you, you had no trouble finding those other experts to kind of coach you along and kind of uh, empower you. No, I, you know, I, I did have trouble finding those experts, <laughs> as a matter of fact. You know, thank goodness we have Google. Um, the doctors that I consulted were really not in favor of me taking this approach. Um, that's not their approach. So I had to do a lot of deep study on my own, and, you know, and that really took research. Um, so I went onto sites like PubMed. Um, to see peer-reviewed research, and I and and it's funny, you know, we, you talk about women and, and tribes, so to speak. I was in a grocery store, you know, oh maybe a week after I had the osteoporosis diagnosis, and I was just loading up on greens, just loading up on kale and celery. And this woman was watching me fill my cart, and she said, "What are you going to do with all of that kale and Swiss chard?" I said, "Oh, I'm juicing. I'm making green juices." And I told her the story about how in my research I discovered that osteoporosis really wasn't so much a calcium deficiency as it is a mineral deficiency and that I was in, in effect remineralizing my body. And she said, oh, osteoporosis, you need to pick up the book, The Myth of Osteoporosis. I had a doctor who told me the same thing. And here we are in the grocery store and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, this is coming from, you know. Wow, a stranger, you know, who's, who's so, somehow sensed that, that you were in that same place that that either she was or, or had been, you know. I think yeah. that's that is so interesting. You know, that this whole concept of holistic health is is new to me. Uh, we actually have a show that's um, on here. I think on Fridays, and, and you can find out exact schedule on hearwomentalk.com. But you know, Karen Keaton, she talks all about holistic health, and I've met uh, another woman uh, very recently in Maryland, and uh, she you know has her own newsletter, and uh, you know really sort of is just letting people know that there's so many ways out there that we cannot be stopped in our tracks by something bad that happens. I think it's a, it's a movement toward empowerment, you know, yeah. and, and truly a movement toward empowerment of women because we're no longer, you know, the only time we are called upon to really look at our bodies or access body wisdom, right, yeah. is when we're pregnant. I mean, that's the only time they say, oh, God. Oh, hey, no, wait, I have to interrupt body? you on that one. <laughs> or when you're single. Come on now. You have to look at your body right, again. Right, okay, that's <laughs> that too. Or someone wants to fix you or fix something for you. Yes. But we're very rarely called upon to go inward. You're right. And so, you know, I think this, this is an approach to help women really get in touch with their soul. You know, not only their soul purpose, but what, what heals them. Yeah. You know, I, I think that... Uh, it is such an important thing. I mean, a lot of us have this this desire to learn, and 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 maybe uh, that that desire gets quenched a little bit by uh, our schedules and that kind of a thing. But yeah, you know that that empowerment and that enlightenment uh, that really can can take you in a whole different direction at any time in your life. And I don't, I'm sort of curious. Was it anything in your teaching background that sort of made you go in in that direction and just really explore so deeply? Well, you know. It's funny, when I was in, and I, I went to several schools, I'm, I'm kind of a recovering overachiever, mm. um, and in one of the schools, there was a wonderful, um, a wonderful speaker who said, you know, what is your free space? Hmm. And she was referring to, like, the free space on a bingo board, right? When you go into the bingo game, you've got yeah. that space in the middle, and that's yours. And, you know, I was kind of struggling with this idea, like, how am I going to start a whole new career and have the same regard, the same respect that I have after 30 years, you know, teacher of the year, just this amazing reputation in wow. my field. How am I going to start all over? Yeah. And then it was like, bingo, no pun intended, bingo, oh. I'm yeah. a teacher, you know, <laughs> I am a teacher, and the one thing that really stands out for me in my practice is I was never a paint-by-numbers teacher, mm. and I'm not a paint-by-numbers therapist. I am really able to look at where someone is on the spectrum of health wow. and then guide them or nudge them forward. And, and so what I've developed is a system that isn't based on calories, right, or points or tracking. It's based on concepts. Interesting. So I, you know... Someone might come in to me, and I'll start with my, one of my concepts, which is just consider the source. Now, for someone 
who's really proficient at nutrition but is still struggling, that source may be much deeper than this, what they're eating, right? And so right. we're going to go to the source of their pain or the habits that they've developed over time. So that, that's what makes my work different. You know, it's just using my teaching skills to teach, but using my intuition to mm. see what people need. Wow. I've you cultivated that over a long time. Right? You know what? I, I just, I love that. You know, it's like you're actually embracing the, the gifts that you have as a woman. And, and we all sort of say that woman's intuition kind of thing. But you've got that. You've got your training, uh, certainly that you had in, as a school teacher. And, and also, you know, I, I picked up on something you said that I think a lot of our listeners can probably really resonate with. You know, we all want to reinvent ourselves, and, and maybe it's because we want to eat better for a health issue, or maybe we just want to feel better or, or do something different. And, you know, but that, that whole thing about respect and, and wanting to still have that, you know, and, and I just love how you just said, oh, you know what, I can do this. I can love my life, and I can, you know, reinvent whatever it is I need to do in order to, to still be me. And, and get that respect, and, and you've certainly achieved quite a lot. Gosh, I saw so many great testimonials. Everyone, everyone seems to be uh, very happy with your services, for sure. We're very connected, my clients and I. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think that's part of your, yeah. your, your relationship you're building with them, and, and that's, that's so different in, in the healthcare field today, you know, where you, you're in there, the doctor's great, they're trained, and all that sort of stuff, but then uh, they move on to the next patient, you know, yeah, and you're and you invested. Know, Jody- it's the average time that we are in a doctor's office is less than 10 minutes with the doctor. Now, yeah. we're in that office, right, sitting on that table for like 20 minutes, you yeah. know, before <laughs> he ever walks in. It's cold. You can't reach the magazines that are exactly. hanging on the wall. It's a scary, cold place. Mm-hmm. Then he or she comes in, and you've got 10 minutes, you know, to hear what, what's up with you, and then out they go, and you're alone. Yeah. And the beauty of a health counselor is that person... You know, he or she, she's on your team. You know, she thinks about you when you leave because she doesn't have 150 clients. She's got maybe 10 or 20 at the most. So mm. you are, you kind of move into her life, or at least in my, in my experience, in my practice, you know, I'm thinking about these people all the time, and I'm sending them articles, and I'm sending them, you know, inspirations and mantras. And, oh, wow. you know, I mean, I, I am a coach and a counselor. So mm. you don't get that from a doctor. You get expertise. I certainly would want a doctor to repair my bones. But I want someone who's going to listen to me and know all of me, yes. you know, before they decide what I need to do next. Isn't that what we all, we all sort of want that among our, our girlfriends, and then if we can uh, connect with them and share something, that's great. But, you know, if we can find a counselor that's, you know, as much of a, you know, as, as interested in our dreams and in our skills and even, you know, our purpose or, you know, right down to our very soul, that, that's, how, that's how transformation happens. And I, I'm hearing that in what you're saying. Is that, is that how you would describe yourself? That's so what I'm about and and what all of us in this field are about. You know, it's just guiding people toward, you know, their greatness. Um, Mm. And, you know, very few people, people come to me for the food, but we do very little work on the food. You know, they're coming in and we go to the places that got them to a space where they're not loving themselves enough to nourish themselves. Now, why do we women do that? Come on. What happens? It's a paradox, you know, like we're always struggling between this needing to take care of others and, and needing to take care of ourselves. And guess who wins, right? Yeah, right, so of course. So there's this, you know, this internal tug of war, like what our bodies tell us we need and what our minds tell us we should be doing. Mm. We're last. You know, and so we need, sometimes we need a little kick, you know, sometimes <laughs> we just need a little nudge, yeah. but oftentimes it's just this, we need to really understand what is self-love, you know, what does it mean to love yourself? Like, I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, sometimes I forget to eat dinner, and I think, <laughs> that's me, <laughs> I do. For me, that's like, I would never forget to eat dinner, but I say, would you forget to feed your child? You know, yeah, well, you exactly, that's what happens, no. You were always taking yeah. care of them, and when my son went to college, I was like, oh, good, it's time for bed. I better not eat now. <laughs> you do. Right. Yeah. Right. And then we think, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that when I retire, right? And right. then it's too late. It's yes. just too late. 
Yes. Well, you know what? That that is a, a perfect segue. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked you to set up my commercial break even, even better than that. Uh, while you're living the life is all about, hey, you know what? Let's let's follow our passion now, and it doesn't matter what it is. Let's get inspiration from each other, and and uh, let, let's meet a lot of really cool and ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And and that's what my guest Sue Ann Gleason is doing on uh, my show today, the Jody Lynn Smith Show. And we're going to be back uh, very shortly after a, a brief commercial break, and we will be talking about some of Sue Ann's secrets to living radiantly. Okay, thanks. And you are listening to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host, Jody Lynn Smith. And I'm so happy to have Sue Ann Gleason with me today. And, uh, you know, she's just informed me on our commercial break that she gets to enjoy the sunshine and uh, the ocean and uh, the hospitality of good friends in Ocean City, Maryland. So shout out to the friends. You know, that, that's what life's all about, taking care of yourself. Isn't that right, Sue Ann? Uh, absolutely. Mm. You know, uh, hearwomentalk.com, by the way, is uh, broadcasting live out of Myrtle Beach, and uh, we are certainly broadcasting globally and, and sharing the, the good news of, of uh, women following their passions and being enlightened, you know, just about everywhere that uh, there's an Internet connection, which, gosh, that is just about everywhere, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> do you get a lot of your, your, cl- do you get a lot of your, cu- your clients and your referrals and things like that from your website, or are they more like uh, from people that you've, you've had a chance to talk to personally? You know, about 50% of my clients are phone clients who mm. are all over the country, yeah. um, and 50%, you know, through referral. And it, very interesting, I, I do get a lot of clients from my website, but I'll tell you what, I get more clients from my newsletter. I, I send out a weekly newsletter with great tips, wonderful recipes, um, and always a little nugget or two from my personal life, <laughs> and I just get this wonderful, wonderful feedback. So I think, honestly, I think it's not about the list, but really about your relationship with the people on your list, and um, I'd say it's my newsletter, Jody. You know, I, I have to validate you on that for sure because uh, I did see your newsletter. A girlfriend of mine, uh, I kind of nickname her Eve because uh, she's uh, um, introduced me to a lot of positive things in my life. And uh, and uh, she passed this on, and I was like, oh, I have to have her on my show. She is following her passion, and she's enlightening uh, women. And I'm certain that you have men as clients as well, you know, and so that's great. But your newsletter was so so positive-focused. I and mean, even that quote that you start, um, I've got one here that uh, – uh, actually made me kind of reach out to you, but it was, you know, why not walk in the direction of life and enjoy peace in each moment and every step? And, and that, I just loved that when I saw that and then started talking with you more and seeing that you were just really were, in fact, in step with your own passions. Yeah, I, I always call my life one big passion project. <laughs> uh, when I retired from teaching, one of my colleagues, you know, they stood up and, and gave me just wonder, a wonderful send-off, amazing send-off. And she stood up and she said, you know, how many of us are lucky enough to, you know, find one job that we love, that we're passionate, passionate about? You know, and Sue Ann was lucky enough to find two. And, you know, when I think about that, I think, wow, I, I guess I really am lucky because, honestly, Jody, I know very few people who really love their work. Yes, you're and right. And I see that more more and more with the people who come to me. Like, sometimes what I've discovered is what they really need to shift is the work they're doing because they're so unhappy in their work, but they feel so stuck in their work that it yeah. spills over into every piece of their life. Well, you know, I think that that, that happens to uh, a lot of people, and people used to think, well, it's a midlife crisis when that sort of happens. And but now I, I see it happening in in uh, you know people that are in their thirties for sure, and you know it certainly hit me in my forties. Uh, it actually prompted me to follow my own passion of writing uh, books. It's something I had wanted to do as a as a child, and and just simply never had time to do. And and that's what it was. It was all about how do you find, how do you live a valuable life and and still keep your faith and and passions in check and follow a career. And and it's been an enlightening experience since I wrote it because, like you, I've met so many other people that have that same kind of question. And then do you find yourself, too, that you start attracting a different kind of people when you step out of, like for me it was stepping out of fear. Because Mm -hmm. I think for my entire life I was fearful 
that I wouldn't be successful, even though success followed me everywhere. You know, I was mm. a fabulous teacher, but I didn't, I didn't know that. You know, I still thought I had to be better, get better, oh, right. do more. Um, and I, that, of course, comes from childhood stuff. But, but I found when I stepped out of the fear and thought, I can do this and I will do this, I stepped into a place where I was among similar spirits. You know, people I like to call spirit-rich women who are also brave and courageous and passionate. Um, I, I found just so many more interesting women when I journeyed out of my safe, secure 30-year career. Wow, I love the, I love that that you had the the courage to do that. But I, I love what you just said: spirit rich women that that are passionate. And you know, we've been so fortunate to have a, a number of of, uh, of of great women that sort of have have kind of done what what you've done, little done what I've done, where we've succeeded in one area and then said, you know what, it's time for something else. And and for those uh, listeners who have just joined us, uh, Sue Ann Gleason is a, a lifestyle coach, a culinary expert. Uh, uh, an amazing woman who is out there really reaching out to people, you know, both over the phone, certainly with, with coaching on, on uh, how to eat better and live life wonderfully. But also she has these terrific uh, ways of actually coming into the workplace and, and even living it up a little bit. Uh, what, what was one of those uh, uh, um, products or services that you have as a sleep at the meal? I love that. Well, right now I'm I'm writing a book, and the name of it is Asleep at the Meal, and it's it's going to be basically my signature system in print. So it's I'm, I'll probably call it something like you know seven seven secrets to a fit, radiant, and rockin' new you because that's really how I feel. Oh, yes. Um, and so uh, you know I'm I'm putting my concepts in into words. I'm also I'm talking about eating types. You know, we see a lot. We've seen a lot of books in the media about eat for your type, meaning your blood type, or, you know, the Mediterranean diet. And, and I think what we've missed in, in this, this whole genre of, of books for diets and nutrition is that everyone is so very different in the way they approach food. So, for example, I, I consider myself a ravenous eater. I mm. love food. I love to celebrate food, eat food with friends, taste what's on my friend's plate. You know, right. drives my husband crazy. But I love... <laughs> I love what you're having, food. right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, I once bought this fork that extended, you know, to like a three feet so I could reach his plate across a long table. Um, but back to, back to the eating type. So if you tell me, oh, my goodness, you know, you need to restrict your calories or you need to count your points, or, that would be, for me, an invitation to binge. Because yes. the minute you take food away from me, it's all I think about, right? Right. So for me, like... I just want to give women permission to enjoy who they are around food. And if they're the reluctant eater, the eater who walks around worried about food, you know, I want to communicate to them that that worry alone will mess up their metabolism, you know, so they may as well relax and enjoy the meal. Um, So that'll be the purpose of the book, is is to really teach my concepts in a fun and lively way that, you know, that gives women permission to eat or that turns, you know, women who've turned off to the kitchen. I call them the beleaguered cooks. It's like they're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I want to see them, you know, rediscover what it means to be a culinary rock star. Yeah. You know, why do we have to give up the kitchen? Exactly. You know, we've attached all this meaning to it, like, once the kids are gone, I'll never cook again. <laughs> and then we go and eat garbage that someone else cooks for us that's loaded with chemicals and salt and, you know. know, bad fat. And we've given up our power. Um, so that's what I hope to accomplish with that. And what I have right now for people is uh, I have a seven secrets for a fit, radiant, rock and new you, just a, a free report that I give away if you email me. And, and that just talks about things like, you know, how important it is to just cultivate a sense of, of gratitude, you know, and I tell my story. Like, when did I have my breakthrough, you know, around mm. gratitude and how did that shift my life? Um, another tip is love the one you're with, and that would be you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's well you know, put. Just to talk about you know what self love is. Mm. Um, another tip I have is just this whole concept of slowing down. You know that we just are moving so quickly through our lives, and our kids are moving so quickly. I really feel this, Jody, when I have like a teenager or or a young a youngster. You know, a parent calls me and says, "Gosh, I really want you to work with my daughter." You know, she's in high school, she's not eating right, et cetera, et cetera. And then they try to schedule me in. 
And I listen to their schedule, and I think, well, no wonder she's got issues around food. She's only got 42 minutes on Wednesday every other week. It's just, it's absurd. So the whole slow down concept, um, the concept that less is more, you know, that we just, we are constantly trying to fill voids. Yes. And sometimes we just have to be at peace and stop trying to fill our bodies or our voids and see what it feels to sit in this space of emptiness. Which sounds, I, have, I know, a little airy fairy. I was just going to say, anyway. I, I have to ask you about that because all of those are... Like, what is that, right? They're, well, they're, they're just wonderful concepts, and, and I love them all, actually. Uh, the thing is, I mean, how, how, does, how does a woman do less? I mean, let's be honest about it. You know, if, if that's yeah. a concept, how do you bring that into the kitchen or into your life? I, I, I'd love to know, like, how you've obviously done it, but how? And it was a struggle for me because I, I'm a type A overachiever, right? So yes, that's I'll what tell I mean. You really honestly, this is what I have to do to, to have that settling time. And, and mm. you may laugh at this, but this is the only way I could accomplish it because I could not, like, stop in the middle of the day and meditate. Yeah. But I can set my alarm. And for, for me right now, I set that alarm about 40 minutes before I really have to get up. And I am now... I don't even get out of bed. I've got the computer beside me. I open up my iTunes, and I play a meditation tape, and then it's followed by water sounds. So because the minute my feet hit that ground, I'm up and running, or I'm on that computer, or I'm working. And so for me, I want to be in the state of not sleep. I want to be in that state of semi-consciousness, but I want to enter my day in a peaceful way. Mm. And that's the only way I can do it right now. And, the, and uh, of course, all women will relate to this, right? A pedicure. Like, <laughs> when was the last time? That's the one place you can't go anywhere, right? You have yes. to sit. They massage your legs. I so, know. you know, so amazing. treating ourselves to a pedicure or to a massage. Like, I would never allow myself to go for a massage because I thought, oh, it's too expensive. That's right, of too. course. But, you know, we need to be touched. And especially, you know, if we're in. in a position in our life where we're not touched, like we're single or we're the elderly or we're, you know, we don't have that touch in our lives. We need to have that that place where someone touches us. And so it could be scheduling a massage once a month. Wow. You know what? I, I like I really like how you're, you you take this uh, this very um, hard to get your arms around concept and one that it's so easy for us to dismiss as well I could never do it and and then you you really bring it down to earth with something as as simple and straightforward as you know just have some time getting your headspace and time before you're you're there for everybody you know and and and, and the touch is great I gotta just before we go to our our, our next break I just have to share a, a funny story. <laughs> Because I was some type A, you know, person, I guess. And some of the people that have met me in Myrtle Beach, they're like, what, you, peace, love, and happiness chick? <laughs> but, but in my former career, you know, vice president of a global company, I mean, gosh, you know, we, we, we had a hard time sort of relaxing. I'd actually bring my laptop to a pedicure, and they would be like, can we do your nails yet? And I'd be like, all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so I, I definitely like this reinvention of, of you, and I kind of like the reinvention of me. And what I'd love to do is uh, when we come back from uh, our, our next commercial break is, you know, hear from some of our, our listeners either on the chat line or, or via the phone at 646-652-2071. And I, I'd like to know how you reinvented yourself and, and uh, you know, if food was part of that or if life skill uh, coaching was part of that. You know, we're going to be talking about some recipes and, and some more concrete kinds of tips when we come back. And, and I'd like to hear from you and, and your questions as well. Does that sound like a good idea, Sue Ann? That sounds great. That sounds okay, great. great. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess it is a good time for a break. Time for water, too. <laughs> While you're living the life, this is the Jody Lynn Smith Show for the Zeus Radio Network and Hear Women Talk. See you soon. And you're listening to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host, Jody Lynn Smith. And I'm so happy to be uh, joined by Sue Ann Gleason, woman ordinaire has gone extraordinaire. Actually, you know, now that I've talked with Sue Ann, I'm going to say she's been extraordinary from day one. But, you know, we're all about on this show uh, giving people that 
maybe don't have a lot of exposure to each other to come together and, and share their life life tales and their inspirations and passions. And, and uh, Sue Ann uh, came to me from a girlfriend uh, back in Maryland. Thank you very much, Colleen, if you're listening. And, uh, you know, that's what Hear Women Talk is all about, by the way. It is sort of bringing people together that maybe share passions and, and interests and maybe just didn't know that uh, there was someone just like them right around the corner. And I just want to encourage everyone to uh, get on the website and, and sign up with a profile and you know, really just see what's going on there. Uh, I'm so happy, again, as I mentioned, to have uh, our culinary expert and lifestyle coach, uh, also author of Conscious Bites, uh, a phenomenal newsletter. It's full of, of, of positive uh, mojo, shall we say, and, and really good expertise on, on eating healthy and living healthy. And, and there's even some really awesome recipes in there. How about that? Oh, yes. And, yeah. you know, it's coming, up, coming upon corn season. I drove into the beach today and stopped at a couple stands because I'm just so drawn to vegetable <laughs> stands. Yes. Uh, so I can share with you a very, very easy fresh corn salad that's just mm. yummy. And all you do is, you know, take a few ears of corn, and you can either do this raw if it's really fresh, or you can steam it lightly and then take the corn off the cob. Um, chop up a little red onion and take some fresh basil. I've got beautiful basil growing in my garden. Oh, and you so chiffonade that basil, which means you just roll up the leaves and cut it, you know, into tiny, tiny little slivers. Put a little bit, you know, a twirl, that's my favorite term, a twirl of extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of sea salt, some black pepper, and some unfiltered apple cider vinegar, you know, maybe three tablespoons of that. And it makes the most wonderful corn salad, fresh corn mm. salad. So that's a great, great summer dish for you. That sounds delicious. Uh, you know, what, what is it that you were talking about, or that, that, that olive oil or, you know, there was extra virgin Twirl. olive oil and then apple cider vinegar. What, what do you mean by yes. that, unfiltered, and where do I get that? You know, most of the, um, I have a lot of experience with raw food, culinary arts, and so I try to find food that hasn't been processed or hasn't been heated. And so you can get um, a raw, unfiltered apple cider vinegar called Bragg's, B-R-A-G-G-S. Mm. You can get that in any grocery store or health food store. Um, and now I've noticed they're even making um, some a very interesting vinegar, a coconut vinegar. Which oh, is I love that. No, yeah, and it, do, it doesn't taste like coconut, but I like the fact that it's made from a coconut because coconut has all kinds of health properties. You know, I, I didn't know that coconut had a lot of um, you know healthful eating type properties, but there is something about a coconut that kind of uh, you know brings out uh, some sort of humor or inspiration, either thoughts of paradise or I don't know thoughts of Gilligan's Island. Some some point in your life where where you may have laughed a little or or dreamed a little more than than you do and and uh, found enjoyment. So I mean, gosh, yeah, or, we can mix it up with vinegar. I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, then you've got that expanding and the contracting, right? Those, yes. Well, those properties. That's great. You know, I wanted that, to tell you, too, oh, go ahead. Jody, go ahead. when you were talking about your, you know, that you were a bit of a type A yourself, I, <laughs> I want you to know that, yes, I may talk then, but my life has not always been this peaceful. Mm. Um, I used to pride myself on shaving one leg in the morning and one at <laughs> night. I thought I was saving time that way. <laughs> and I'd pride myself on this calendar that was color-coded. And so I have had to really work at slowing down. It does not come naturally to me. Wow. So I just wanted to qualify that because <laughs> anyone who knows me would think she's a fraud. She's not calm. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen her before this. and we see her. Well, You know what? That actually brings up a, a really interesting point because, you know, if people do go to uh, your website and, and – uh, and we'll, you're certainly free to share that, um, you know, in, in this segment or any other time. But, uh, you know, uh, when they go there and they'll see this, uh, this, this truly radiant life expert and, and you're, you're, you're beautiful and you're healthy and, and, and just wonderful. And, and, and I think a lot of people uh, who maybe aren't there in their life, they say, well, she doesn't have to work at it or it's always been easy for her or, or what have you. And, and I think, you know, if, if people sort of get to know you a little bit, they see that you can relate not just from your, your health issues, but some of the the cycle a lot of us women go through where we 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 turn to food for things that you know aren't really what they're supposed to do they're supposed to nourish our body and we, and we use it for different things you want to tell us about that part of your your history if you will yeah absolutely absolutely jody i i grew up in um a very dis I, well, the the psychological word for this is a very disorganized home mm. um 
my mom was just not a happy woman, and she was she was a raging woman. So mm. as a very small child, I was basically dodging, you know, outbursts, uh, angry outbursts. I was dodging physical outbursts. It was not a, it was not a pretty picture. It was a very scary childhood. Wow, um, and, awful. And so into my adolescence, you know, I sought I sought solace and in food and I literally would stuff myself with I can remember coming home and this is in my adolescence I, I can remember coming home to an empty house my mom worked in a leather goods store she um, never uh, completed I think she got through half of her eighth grade year she grew up during the depression mm. and she ended up having to quit school because her mother my grandmother who was you know caring for seven children during the depression immigrants from Italy did not speak the language mm. was had a breakdown you know she just had a breakdown so my mom had to quit school and and become a mother basically to those siblings wow. you know at, at what 12 or 13 so needless to say you know her past was was very tumultuous and she brought that into her um, experience of motherhood so my experience, you know, growing up was was not around a, a loving, nurturing environment, and mm. so I planted love with food. So my history around food was coming home to an empty house and to a list of all the things she wanted me to do that no 12 or 13-year-old should be doing for the household, and wow. I would open the freezer, and I would take out waffles. This was my, my drug of choice at the time. I would mm. take out waffles and I would smother them in powdered sugar. And I'm talking, like, not a sprinkle, like probably two inches of powdered sugar. And I would just shove these waffles down my, my throat. And I remember mm. as a kid, like, I would almost, like, watch myself outside yeah. my body eating these waffles. And Gosh. I never purged, I, but for me, it was, it was then transferred into excessive exercise. Everything I did would, would be, I guess you would term it as I would exercise to earn the right to eat. So I struggled with weight. I struggled with body image. Um, I've struggled with that all of my adult life. Um, you know, probably the reason I taught aerobics four nights a week was because, you know, I had to earn the right to eat. Um, yeah. I think in my earlier years, you know, I lived like everyone. You know, I tried every diet out there and never really knew that it was that I was filling a much much deeper hole. Um, so my history has not always been, but it, it's not always been this healthy around food, but I think that it served me, you know, in th this piece of my life because now I really understand where all that came from, and now I, I know it. I live it. So when I'm sitting with a client who is having, you know, issues around binge eating or, or starving themselves, you know, I have been there, and there's something about that knowing that yes. comes across without me saying, even saying, I've been there, you know, it's a certain talk. Do you know how you can be having a drink with a friend or eating dinner and, and you just know that you've met your soulmate or a kindred spirit? There's Absolutely. a certain knowing, and, and that's what happens when, you know, when I'm with a client who's, who is struggling around food, because I know that struggle. You know that that it's so important that, that you you've you sort of identified something positive out of those those um, you know really awful circumstances. You know, there's a people that that listen to the show and, and know me know that I'm a very faithful person and and I'm all about trying to find something valuable out of you know anything that uh, that goes wrong in in life and that kind of thing. And, you know, and there's just a couple of, you know Bible verses in there that say that you know the struggles that I go through are designed to help me help somebody else uh, in, from a better place. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to want to help and, and to love the, your neighbor, but if you can love them because you've been there, there, there is that kindred spirit. And I, I think it's so important with, with women, for sure. You know, the, the girlfriend connection is there, like you said. And, and we've got acquaintances that we go and we play with and hang out with. But when you find someone that's been there with you or, or, or been through something you've been through or, or even just loves something that you love, you, know, you can get to that next level that you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the things I sort of want to turn it back a little bit to your circumstances, uh, you know, we, you obviously went from, from both ends of the spectrum. You went on the, on the negative way of, of eating maybe more things than, than you would have liked to eat, and then you went on the, the other end of the spectrum of exercising too much. 
and and yet now you've found a way somehow to uh, you know get yourself interested in in a more holistic, uh, more balanced approach to you know all the things that are good and all the things that aren't good. And I'm sort of you know curious how if you've been if you're a listener and and you've um, maybe experienced something you know really bad with food either on either side of that. How can you get interested in good food again and, and you know, return to that kitchen like you had said earlier in the show and, and really look at it as a place where you can nurture your, your, your body and your soul? You know, it's, it's an interesting question. It's even more about looking, it, like, for me, it's, it's, it's a transition from looking at a number. Like, when people come to see me, they write down the weight that they would like to be. And I'm, I, I chuckle because they have these numbers, and, and I wonder where they pull the number out. Uh, because the number has nothing to do with really what a healthy weight would even be. But they're always a reflection for me to look inside, right? And so right. I have a number. You know, I thought, you know what? I have a number. And for me, it was the number when I got my Outstanding Teacher Award. This is a, a big deal, mm. in, you know, where I live. It's the Agnes Meyer um, Outstanding Teacher Award. And I was a certain weight when I got that award. And so in my mind, that's the weight. That's the number I want to be. Wow. It's not the number I am, by the way, yeah. nor do I even care to go there again, but, but that was my number. And I, I can't help but wonder if people attach the number to the space in their life at which they perceive themselves to have been the happiest. Mm. You know, and then they think, if I only get back to that weight, I'll be happy again. Right. And really, what, what I would like to see for women is that at any weight, unless, of course, they're morbidly obese and their health is at risk, that we start to love ourselves and our life right now, right here. And then the weight will follow, mm. maybe. You know, it, because I think it's all about this idea that we have, if only then, I'll be happy. Yes. So I kind of like, when I look, you know, I just recently got my, my photos um, done, because I, up until very recently, was very happy just to have, you know, um, a photo that someone snapped at me at a retirement <laughs> party on my website. And then, <laughs> look you know, me, yeah. my very good friend said, okay, it's time that you're looking at the camera. And that was huge for me to go to do this photo shoot and actually have these photos taken. And, of course, the number came up like, oh, I made the appointment, like, I, I guess in September for April, thinking, well, by then I'll, you know, I'll get myself in shape. Like, what am I going to do differently, right? Right, of and, course. And I'm laughing because I wasn't the number. I was just <laughs> the plain old weight I always am. And when I saw the pictures, you know, they're, they're soft. I'm, it's, it's, I want to be in touch with my womanhood, so to speak. I don't want to be, you know, tight-bodied or I want to be healthy and I want to look vibrant. And that's what I want people to get when they see me is that it's not about the number. It's not about being buff or having the washboard abs. Right. It's about being radiant. We know it's interesting that, that that you say about being radiant because you know you you do have certainly have a glow on, on your pictures and 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 I know exactly what what you mean when I when I've um, had a chance to meet people that sort of adopted your your life strategy of, of following their passion and, and seeking out that purpose and 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 I, I guess I have to include myself there because it's been mentioned to me as well but we do sort of have this glow about us and and that's part of why I want to have this show is I want everybody who's listening to think about the light that they have inside of them and, and to share that with others. And, and, and even as you can see, Sue Ann, she's so accomplished in everything that she has done in her life. And, and, and she feels the same way a lot of us feel that, well, we're not quite where we need to be or we could do something better. And, and, and yet, so we're all the same, but we all have this light in us. And I, I just want to encourage everybody to bring that out and, and follow their passion. And, you know, that does sort of bring me to a, a question that's sort of on my mind. You know, I'm, I'm looking at all the background material on you, and, and I see that uh, you call yourself a culinary nutritionist. And I've certainly run into people that say they're dietitians and or a regular nutritionist. What's the difference? I mean, it, it, you obviously have added a, a, a real cool word to that, but what's it mean? Well, the best way I can answer that, Jody, is you know how people know they should be eating healthier foods, but they have been literally bombarded with so many different nutritional systems that they really just have no idea what to eat anymore. Or maybe they've just been losing and gaining the same five or ten pounds their entire life, and they're just right. you know tired of the same roller coaster ride. Yes. Well, if you go to a dietitian, <clears throat> you know basically 
you get a prescription, right? Much like the prescription you get when you go to a doctor, only it's it's usually a 1,400-calorie meal plan or point mm. system right. and a packet of recipes that they may never use, right? So what I like to do is I like to call it I want to cultivate their culinary curiosity. You know, mm. I want to show them that they can prepare simple, healthy but exquisite meals, you know, that don't take a lot of time, but that get them interested in getting back to that kitchen. So it might be something as simple as... Lost her. I can't hear. Yes, yeah, so... Or when they reach... Mm. That's that's really cool. I mean, I I love how you know you were you're you're talking about so you know the, keeping it simple and at the same time, really uh, just in you know finding a way to to get involved. It doesn't have to be hard. You know, I mean that is and it can be fun and interesting. You know, I I actually uh, uh, have another friend who just got a juice machine, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm done with this V8 juice. No, no no disrespect meant to V8 juice or V8 juice lovers, okay? But <laughs> it's not my thing. And he's like, oh man, Jody, you just got to try some apples and some carrots. And he's like throwing all this concoction in there, you know, and uh, uh, just really, you know, making something. And and it actually was quite good. And uh, yeah. Yeah. The green juice too. You, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was. Tony, it, a, I was going to say it, it, was, it, it was. It was. It was. No, that's all right. We're talking over each other, and I apologize for for that. But uh, yeah, you know, and it was just—it's amazing what you can do just by throwing a few things in a blender, I guess. Yeah, or or something as simple as slice—you know—that green honeydew melon that comes out now. Mm-hmm. Slicing that drizzling it with a really, really high-quality balsamic vinegar and doing that little chiffonade of basil again, like we talked about for the corn salad. Mm-hmm. Like, people are a little bit, you know, amazed when they see this this melon coming out with balsamic vinegar on it, and it's delicious. It's just so tasty. So it's making something just very unusual that will tickle the taste buds, and also it's the, how we arrange it on a plate, how we start to have this reverence for food. Yeah. Um, there's something called, and this is the big word, right? It's called the cephalic phase digestive response. Oh, you got to say that, that one again. What is that? Yeah, right. This is a big, <laughs> big word. Cephalic phase digestive response. And what, what it means really simply is that in order for us to really metabolize a meal, for us to really digest it and assimilate it efficiently, because that's what we want to do, right? Yeah. It has to, we have to notice the taste, the aroma, the visual impact, the pleasure of eating it, all of those have to be present in order for us to really digest the food. So think about it. If we're eating at the computer or if we're eating breakfast on the road on the way to work, we're, we've already lost, right, because our body doesn't even register the meal. <laughs> so one of my concepts is register the meal. And, you know, somebody paid me the best compliment ever. This is, you know, someone in a mastermind group. She said the other day, I just want you to know that I thought about you and I stopped for lunch today. And, you know, it wasn't about what she ate. It was just that she stopped what she was doing and she went and purposefully and intentionally and consciously, right, conscious bites nutrition, ate her meal. Wow, you know, and that's that's so important. Uh, you know, a couple things you said uh, resonated with me for sure. Certainly, stopping <laughs> that usually happens uh, when <laughs> when the energizer bunny hits her wall, and then boom, I'm asleep in ten seconds later. But <laughs> but but also, you know, uh, very very interesting. Uh, you know that that you can actually uh, you know um, take time and, and notice things, and then share that that very simple pleasure and that simple success. You know, with your girlfriends. You, you mentioned the mastermind group, and we had a guest in here last week that was talking about uh, how that mastermind, it, you know, which is really another girlfriend, just kind of you know is her sounding board, and it and she hears something and she's able to put it into practice, and and it might just be a, a simple conversation or a few words that she says, and but that person takes it on as a life change, transformation kind of thing, and obviously. Obviously, that happened for you also. It's great. Yeah, and, and I think we can be that for each other. I think that what we really need is, is a higher level of intention around our friendships. Like, I want people to hold me accountable. Yeah. You know, hold me accountable for being as great as I can be. Absolutely. Don't, just don't you know, let me be anything less. Mm. 
you know, and I, I, I love that, that we can do that for each other and, and we can extend it into our work and then, and then living that life, you know. I, certainly it's easy enough for, for, for probably even a culinary expert to uh, maybe want to have a, a, a couple beers and some bacon, you know, <laughs> sandwich. I saw that in one of your newsletters. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to open that one up. <laughs> And, you know, yes, I, I'm married to the beer and bacon king, right? And, and that just makes me human. It's like I live with a man who wouldn't touch my green juice or any of my, you know, raw food treats, treats if he was starving on a desert island. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's really okay. Yeah. Now, of course, the, the big guy saw that in your newsletter and, uh, and had a chuckle over that, you know, and... Uh, happen to be a fan of both of those fine products, <laughs> but I eat a lot of salad too, thank God. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that you shared was that you do have to give yourself permission sometimes to, to enjoy that, that thing that's been forbidden to you, either for lifestyle choice or, or weight choice or, or, you know, I'm not suggesting everyone binge on beer at work or anything like that, but, you know, after work, <laughs> just give oh, yourself absolutely. permission. You know. Absolutely, because the minute we take it away, and I know I talked about this earlier, what do we do? It's all we do is we think about that food. Yeah. And there's another wonderful line. This one comes from you know one of my dear friends and mentors and teachers, Mark David. He is the person who founded the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, where mm. I spent a year in deep study. But he has a line. He says, nourishment, in some cases, nourishment supersedes nutrition. And I love that because what that means to me is I can be enjoying a meal, like I, I tend to stay away from gluten, it, not always, but as much as possible because it's not my friend around this hypothyroid issue. Yet, if I'm sharing a meal of pasta, right, right, with a family, I mean, the nourishment that I'm getting out of, you know, revisiting my roots and all the beautiful meals of pasta that I had, you know, that were prepared by my grandmother so lovingly, then I am going to get more nutritious nutritious value out of that meal than if I were sitting there having a salad, you know, with slices of avocado on it. Absolutely. Um, it's the whole life experience. Yes, yes, it's it's the way you eat that meal. And also, if you're eating a meal and you're feeling guilty about it, like I can't believe I ate the edamame, right? Right. And what's happening is you're creating this whole stress physiology in your body. And so the guilt that you feel for having eaten that meal will then impact your digestion. So enjoy your food, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's so great. Enjoy your food. Enjoy, enjoy your girlfriends. Enjoy your, your passion. And, you know, if we had to have, like, Three foods that we gosh darn better enjoy every day, and, and, and you as a culinary expert and, and life coach out there, what would you tell us we, we got to have? It. I know it's not cheeseburgers and bacon. Come on now, what is it? If, if you, say that again. You want to know like three foods? Three foods that okay. we got to have every day, no, no matter what, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, certainly get our nourishment from what, what else uh, brings us joy outside of the good stuff. But you know, what what are the three I, things? Yeah, I would really, I really want to see people eating more greens in their diet. I, I don't think they, anyone has enough greens in their diet. I learned that, you know, the hard way. Um, by that I mean, you know, try a green smoothie. It may sound crazy. Go onto my website or send me an email and I'll give you the best green smoothie.